Yeah, I know that I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. Yeah, I'm rare. 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 Like a two dollar bill. Hey, good people, and welcome to another episode of Goody Giving Game, the podcast where I reflect on all the highlights this week in sports. Episode four, man, we got a lot to talk about. Local kids just got all Metro rosters in place. So these are Sacramento City and surrounding area, pretty much all city acknowledgments. Opening day in baseball this week, Gronk retires, some other big names retire, and we have some Jersey retirements. AB still on the talking list right now. Is he really good or bad for the NFL and the owners? we got to get into that. It's still March Madness. Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games are popping off this weekend and already started some yesterday. Um, and we have a lot of things to talk about. So let's jump right into it. Um, I'm assuming yesterday the local all-metro teams came out. Um, our player of the years, first team, second team, third team, and honorable mention players. And this is pretty much our all-city awards. Um, and it was some interesting things. I feel like every year is very interesting because you just see how the rich get rich and the poor never get the exposure. Um it's just crazy how this whole selection process happens. It's like a secret selection, I feel like. Um, but it's just very interesting when I see what the All-Metro list is. Um, I'm always very excited for the kids and proud that they get to get acknowledged, but at the same time, it's like, mm. Why was this? Why did this happen like this? Or why did this um, do this? I know it probably raised a lot of questions and eyes. Uh, shout out to all of our player of the years. There was co-player of the years with Bagley and Nguyen from Sheldon for the boys. And then Harold, I'm probably saying that wrong, sophomore from Antelope, five-star recruit. Um, that was... The players of the year is always interesting to me, how they're selected and how that process is picked. Um, I'm kind of, like, biased towards upperclassmen. I just feel like when we evaluate who is the best player in the city or who is the best players in the surrounding area, you can go tip for tat. You can make an argument for everybody, but the young lady's outstanding. She's a five-star recruit. And... Um, she has like a four point seven, crazy smart. And shout out to Sheldon again, getting player co-players of the year this year, and had the player of the year last year. Sheldon usually gets those type of things. It's always very interesting to see the power schools pretty much flex their power, I guess, because I feel like we just give too many awards to the same schools, not the same kids, but the same schools. If you're in that little Sheldon. Elk Grove, McClatchy, Sack High, Antelope um, type of 
realm where you have kind of like a lot of entities that help you be powerhouses and have tons of athletes and things like that. Um, I, it's always fun to see the other people that get acknowledged that don't come from the power schools with the power coaches. So shout out to everybody. Congratulations to everybody on getting their acknowledgments for all Metro. Optimus game is next weekend. I want to say on the 6th. I'm also doing the color commentating for NorCal Sports TV. Shout out NorCal Sports TV. Um, I'm going to be doing the SAC vs. Bay, and I get to talk about a lot of kids. It's going to be awesome, an amazing event. Amazing weekend for me, a lot of basketball. But shout out to all the kids. And a lot of the kids that you saw on the All-Metro list are going to be playing in that SAC vs. Bay game as well. There was also somebody else that stood out, like, I feel like it was pretty it was pretty accurate, but um Naila Dillard from Endercombe, first girl in school history to get first team all league, all metro, and is going to Texas Tech. That's a big deal. Shouts out to her and her family. I, I know the Dillards, but um shout out to her just doing her thing and making history. I remember when that was me at Burbank doing things that other people didn't do. And there was people before me that set that, but it was it was mapped out and spaced out. And I'm glad that she gets to be a part of history and does something big at Intercom. And maybe the basketball powerhouses will continue to flourish over there. Um, it's March, and basketball is full effect. If your bracket's messed up, you're like 98% of America right now. Uh, but it's been some good, good games. I can't even hold, like, on both sides of it. There's a lot to talk about with this tournament time. And um, last night was the starting opening of, of the Sweet 16. Um, there's going to be games tonight. Women's games are going to be on. There were some highlights and stuff. Before I get into the basketball part, uh, the Tennessee coach is removed no longer going to be the coach. So a lot of talk this week about who is going to replace this legacy of Pat as the new Tennessee coach. The women's Vols program is, I mean, that's Pat Summit Court. Um, if you know women's basketball, you know anything about Tennessee, you know anything about Pat, you know about their success. And they deserve a really good coach to bring the program back. A lot of times people think it's players and moving, but the strategic moves in the office and the university and picking the right coach allows you to pick good kids and get good programs and rebuild, and they deserve something good. I feel like Pat is looking down on us right now. RIP Pat, but she's looking down on us right now and hoping that Tennessee can get it together. But it's a lot of questions because they want to know who's going to be the new coach. Um, they said they had a couple candidates um, I saw a little talk on Twitter about cultural diversity, <laughs> um, which is always very limited. I say I'm, I love the rise of the black coaches in NCAA on the women's side, at least. But it's always a limited number in everything, regardless of the sport. But we'll be on the lookout of who's going to be the new Tennessee coach. I had to splash that in because, you know, women's basketball is taking off too. Right now, I'm like 95% on my women's bracket. I'm killing it. Um, they're going to start tonight. 
the Portland and the Albany regions. All these games are going to be on ESPN. I talked about it a little bit last week, but I'm always going to highlight it again. More women coverage on national television time, you know, primetime TV gives more popularity and stability to what we do overall as a program, build cultures, build the culture, as well as establish household names. Sorry, I was having a brain fart. But um, <laughs> tonight, you're going to see UConn and UCLA, Louisville and Oregon State on the Albany brackets, and then Mississippi State, Arizona State, Oregon and San Diego State on the Portland brackets. All these games will be on ESPN. The men's games are going to be on, like, CBS today and TV, TBS. Um, but they have doubleheaders tonight on both channels. So it's going to be basketball literally all day today. Um, but on that women's side, you know, I, I'm rooting for UCLA. They got a, they got a Sacktown native up there. And I want to see them good. They're rolling right now. They're playing really well. They have a really good inside presence. Um, but UConn is on a tangent. They're they're determined, um, and I think UCLA might get upset tonight. I'm gonna say might, but I'm going UConn in that game. I think Louisville has too much power in the guard play for Oregon State, uh, Mississippi State too much size for Arizona State, and Oregon playing at home pretty much um, will have the upper hand over San Diego State or SD State. Um, on the men's side, though, it was a lot of talk, man. Just, I know everybody's been talking about Duke. Everybody's been talking about Zion. Everybody's been talking about that. But um, last night, man, Purdue game was crazy. I don't know if you caught it, but the Purdue game was crazy. Um, came down to a crazy foul. Missed free throws. Man, free throws are crazy, man. You guys got to make your damn free throws. Stop uh, procrastinating out here and not doing what you need to do to make your free throws. Like, it just makes no sense how the shooting percentages are just so down, so bad. And you're like, why are these dudes not shooting better from the free throw line? They can do all these other amazing things, but they cannot make a free throw. It makes absolutely no sense. But, um, and Tennessee was pushing them. Tennessee pretty much put it on them to to make them stretch. You know, I, I, I'm going to say it was a really, really good game. But at the end, I feel like Purdue is on a roll right now. They're on a totally different roll. They're on a totally different danger. And with Edwards leading the way, Edwards is creating some some spark for himself right now, man. He's, he's really... He's really making a name for himself. He's putting his stock up. You know, the better you do in the tournament right now, you can stand out. He's also, like, this is crazy when people start looking at you when they start throwing out numbers. Like, he's had four consecutive games, 25-plus points. Last night he had 25, 29, excuse me. And um, the last player to do that was Steph Curry, 2008. So, Edward is making some steam, man. The game went into overtime, and Tennessee couldn't pull it out. Purdue is rolling, and Purdue's really broken my whole bracket up. So, I'm going to take Purdue even in the Elite Eight um, because they're just playing, like, on a totally different gauge right now. That was the closest game last night and probably the most exciting game. Um, Oregon was defeated. Fairly easy to Virginia. Virginia was shooting that thing lights out. 
Um, they couldn't stop. They had every three from the three-point line, literally. And they had a balanced attack. Um, King led the way with 16 points for um, for UVA and Oregon. You know, I think if they had Bole, they'd be good. Texas Tech destroyed Michigan. And I actually picked Texas Tech on one of my brackets. So I was glad to see that, but I was not glad to see Michigan get banged like that. They got bangered, man. That was just crazy. Like, gave up 22 points to Culver. Did his thing. Texas Tech is moving on to the Elite Eight. And then Gonzaga dominated Florida State, man. Florida State had nothing to do with the shooting of the Bulldogs. Gave up. Gave up 17. But at the end of the day, Gonzaga made more shots. Way more threes. And Florida State was... Three for about 15 from the three-point line. Can't be successful that way. No way, no how. So Gonzaga moves on. And tonight's games, you're going to see Duke in action. Virginia Tech trying to reunite and upset Duke. Which everybody now is like, oh... Um, we have the recipe to do. I've been telling y'all for now four episodes. I've been saying Trey Jones has to play better. Trey Jones has to play big. When he doesn't play big and he doesn't make shots, you can sag on him. You're open for a reason. Every commentator, every basketball analyst has said the same thing, and it's agreed. If you are not making shots, I can sag on you. If I have a good defender who's long, he can sag off and play help side. Got to stick to your game plan. Virginia Tech has beat Duke. In the regular season. But now Duke is at full power. They're battle tested. I like all these teams because they're battle tested. And I feel like, well, I'm not going to feel like I picked Duke to win tonight. And they have a 72.4% chance. But Virginia Tech knows the tick. They have a game plan already that beat Duke. And yes, UCF showed us something, but they showed us that they had a good coach and they were able to execute the plan. That's what it's about. So I'm taking Duke tonight. It's going to be another challenge. Duke's going to have to do their thing. Can Virginia Tech play the proper defense against their assignments on Duke? Zion's averaging like 30 points a game. He's not going to stop. That's going to continue to happen. But at the same time, Anything can happen this tournament time. I'm really interested in this LSU game. LSU, too, messed up my bracket. They're playing really well right now. When you're battle-tested and you're catching rhythm, your team can be amazing beyond measure. And I'm kind of nervous. I think uh, I didn't pick LSU on either bracket. I'm rocking with Michigan State and Tom Izzo. And... It will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Michigan State has an 81% chance to win tonight. But again, LSU is playing like a team determined. And when you have a team determined, executing game plans, willing to work, willing to do their thing, you kind of have this issue. Kind of have this situation to deal with. And it's not a bad situation to be in. Um, Also, we're going to see North Carolina. I know they're dealing with some injuries, but... I think they'll be able to handle Auburn. Auburn's playing really well again. And they're saying North Carolina has a 66% chance of winning. Um, I like Cameron Johnson. I like 
Cody White. I like their whole system. They have a really good team. They are beyond battle-tested. And I'm taking UNC tonight because I want to eventually see them in a national championship against Duke. Um, The much-anticipated. Kentucky has injuries as well. And now these two teams, I think they're going to end up matching each other. UNC and Kentucky in the Elite Eight. Houston is playing really well, man. Like, you, you, at this point, like, people are playing on all cylinders and they're getting better and they're doing all that type of stuff. But says 62% chance that UK will win. I think they're so battle-tested and ready and ready to go out there and do something. So I'm taking UK. I want to see them play against North Carolina where I feel North Carolina will win. And it's just going to get spicy. Everybody has a lot to say, though, about Zion and Duke. And the team is so equipped for success because they haven't just had easy success. When you have to work for games and you still, even at an elite level, have to go out there and prove it, the winds of change are going in your direction. And that is a really good group that deserves it. And all these kids deserve it at this point, but it's like those are some those are some special kids over there in Duke. I think that would be the most televised game of all time. Duke, North Carolina in the championship. On Saturday, you're going to see those the Gonzaga, Texas Tech game, and you're going to see Purdue, Virginia. I'm thinking Purdue upsets Virginia, and I'm taking Gonzaga over Texas Tech. Those are just my calls. Um, but if you watch some basketball today and tomorrow, and do not forget that the women's game is going on as well. And those games tonight will be at 4 o'clock. So, you know, just flop channels. Have it all over. UCLA, UConn, Arizona State, and Mississippi State, and Oregon State, Louisville. And excuse me, not as San Diego State is not in there. South Dakota State against Oregon. My big-time apologies. And then on Saturday, you'll see Baylor back in action, um, the Iowa-North Carolina State game, Texas A&M-Notre Dame's playing tomorrow, Missouri State and Stanford. It's big-time games, y'all. Stop playing with it. Stop playing with it. And there will be games on Sunday. It's just basketball, 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 basketball. Non-stop. Non-stop. Like, this is the reason why this is called March Madness. And to be honest, even when we talk about my Duke team, you know, everybody want to, oh, UCF showed them this, 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 this. Yeah, maybe. But everybody already knew what to do. I think, And you don't have to watch them that many times to understand what you need to do to beat them. But it hasn't happened yet. There's a few teams that have tasted the success, but that don't mean you can do it twice. And that doesn't mean that that team hasn't gotten better, dedicated to their craft, and that is a really good group. Really good. Um, So, shouts out to everybody playing tonight. Good luck to everybody. I'm going to be watching basketball non-stop. Okay? Non-stop. Uh, moving on to MLB talk, man. It was opening day on Thursday, but before opening day, earlier in this week, the Giants owner was suspended for an altercation with his wife. Trying to snatch the phone out of her hand, just doing just all crazy stuff, going bananas, man. It was crazy. <laughs> and he's like, you know, these people don't, this is the era where we don't live, we live in where 
they just record everything. They just sit there and just, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just sit there and watch, watch and just record. So he got recorded, got busted, got suspended. I don't know how long his suspension is. That was just giant salt because, you know, I still got to root for everybody in Cali. Except the Angels, but they just gave Trout that money. So hopefully it'll be good. But shouts out to all them. My team team, though. My team that I was looking at, uh, the White Sox, man, we were unfortunate to not be able to get the win. But on positive news from VCA of Roseville, or in Roseville, Ryan Cordell, that's Sac Town. You know, we claim everything Roseville, all those areas is us, Folsom, all those, y'all all 916. But um, Cordell was the starting outfielder yesterday for the White Sox. I was like, shots out, 916, we out here. Stop playing with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was really, really big. I I like that. I'm glad that um, they got a Sacktown native on their team. So now I got to really, you know, maybe cop a jersey or do something like that. But that's really big time. And even though we weren't able to win, um, there was other games that were going on all over. Um... But, yeah, you mostly going to get that the updates from here. It'll be hit or miss. Next week, though, I'm going to the Rivercats game. Rivercats get a season opener, excuse me, AAA, here in Sacramento. And I'm going to do a little po- a video and probably do a podcast to talk about the team and all that type of stuff. Um, but I love baseball. And I love when it's baseball season because that means it's, uh, it's spring, officially. My son's starting a little league and got the allergy tissue out. Sounding all crackly in your voice means it's springtime. Shout out to the springtime. We all are, we all are excited out here. It's, the weather's been beautiful, um, even with a little bit of rain. It's still been hot and all that type of stuff. But shout out to my White Sox. I'm looking for y'all unofficial sponsorship. Hey MLB, we gonna talk about it a little bit more. But when when the games get juicy. And when we get some stuff, break it down. Because um, that's my back of my hand. I know that. And, and you know how I like to talk sports. Anyways, moving on to NFL talk. Maybe a little M- MMA. Conor McGregor and Gronk retire in the same week. Um, they're both at 30 years of age or almost 30. I think Gronk's 29, about to be 30. And Conor McGregor's 30. They're the greatest, biggest, big-time players in that position and in their sport. Gronk's like one, you know, a specimen within himself and a beast in everything he does. Talking about he's most the most efficient tight end of all time. And Conor McGregor, I mean, he's just big money, big tickets, big time, big mouth, everything. Like, he's 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 that guy in MMA. Um, has some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, like, he's set for life. Um, Gronk, on the other hand... I understand why, like, protection of your brain, man. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. He was drafted in 2010. But his, his season kind of tarnished by injuries. They say he's the most efficient quarter uh, tight end. But, again, a lot of his success has to do with having that man, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a bad, bad man. And that's the only quarterback he's had. Um, but I can, I mean, for me right now, Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp are better than him. So, <laughs> and I probably can name a few more OGs um, that I feel like are just better. But, again, shout out to Gronk. 
We're going to miss the personality. We're going to miss him on that, doing his crazy commercials and doing all that type of stuff. I hate just the conversation, the greatest all time, and putting people into those conversations. Because it's like different eras, different situations. Like, just let it go. You know what I'm saying? Let him be great at his moment. Let every other tight end be great in their moments. And when you pass him, respect him because you have to work really hard to pass him. And you understand how hard that person had to work to even be in that conversation. So, shouts out to them young men. Hope they live prosperous life. I can't wait to see Gronk like in the media. Maybe um, McGregor over to the to the WWE. He has the personality for it. Excuse me. Definitely has the personality for WWE. That would be so funny though. He'd be in his bag too. Because you know people mess with Connor, and you know people mess with that WWE stuff. So that would be real funny to see those guys doing something different in media entertainment. Because they ain't going to just stop being them. They just stop playing their sport. Moving on to AB talk, he's still in it. Like, man, they're trying to deal with this AB thing. He's still talking about Big Ben. He's still, you know, his obviously his moves, his decision-making on how he got to move, people are still talking about. And, and people want to know if it's good or bad or not. And you can never know because, one, everybody's not A.B. Everybody's not doing that. It gives hope to the new, to the up-and-coming stars. But at the same time, it's like, that's A.B., how he handled it and did it. I hope it sheds light, but you just got to do that 2.0 version. You don't have to be just like him. And A.B., stop talking about the man. You're already gone. You got what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Just let it die, man. Go ahead and kill over there with the Raiders. Put up stupid numbers like you're supposed to. And, and let the whole deal go. But, of course, there's nothing else to talk about this week in NFL news because there's no play. There also was a new rule change. Yeah. New rule change. Full effect. Now coaches will be able to challenge pass interference calls to pretty much challenge the referee. And I'm kind of – I don't know how I feel about that. I feel kind of torn because it's like where is the human error? Where is the humanality? If we go back and look at tons of games from the past, there's human error. Now, you can't have a blatant human error like that because you train these refs, they're they're professionals, you you get to this level, you're kind of a ranked and high-level official or a referee or umpire. So I got to check you just like I check these athletes. I might have to get in your check because that was just a blatant, obvious call that they missed. They just missed it. But now you're going to have coaches challenging, and we'll see how this plays out for this year. But I'm kind of in the middle. I'm glad to see, you know, some changes and some differences. But at the same time, it's like you're already stopping the game. You're already delaying the game. You're already doing these things. Like, shout out to change. But, again, like, hopefully it won't be a distraction or a delay or a challenge. Because I'm telling you, a lot of these coaches are entitled, which is why the coaches push to get it changed. So, um, that was also big news in NFL talk. Like, the game's going to be looked at differently now. And what's going on with the game? It's going to be the same, but it's going to be a little bit more 
my vibrato. Like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a chest punching match, chest pumping match. You know what I'm saying with men, men calling, challenging you on your call, and then the referee. You know how much control do they have of the game? Coaches are very impactful in how they present it. If I present it passionate, I'm yelling at you, and it's an upset call, and you know just the heat of the moment. So it will be interesting how it plays out, and when will be the first moment that this rule will distract us from the game. It's gonna be, it's gonna come up. Trust me, people are gonna complain about it, and people are gonna be talking about it. That's why it's big time news. Now, y'all know I'm a cowboy fan. I already told y'all, Cowboys for life. The blue and the silver. All right, and my Cowboys is doing some big things, man. We uh, acquired Quinn, get that line right, get our defense right, defense looking nice. We got Randall Cobb. Trying to find the money for Lawrence right now, but um, Cowboys looking pretty good, man. I'm liking some of the moves that they're making. It's not over yet, obviously, but we got draft and stuff like that, but it's figuring how we're going to pay all these dudes because everybody need to get paid at this point. And, you know, I hate to say this, but I feel like Elliot is going to get the short end of the stick. Like, I don't know. Like, they got to pay Dak. We got to pay the defense. And I don't know how much the money will play a factor. Well, money always plays a factor in the NFL. But I don't know how much we going to pay him. It would be interesting to see how they handle the situation. But I feel like... Jerry Jones and all his crazy, he's going to lean to giving the money to Dak and trying to work in bamboozle Elliott, which may make him leave. But they need each other. (laughs) Excuse me. But they need each other. So we should see how it shakes. I'm just glad to see people talking positive about my Cowboys. I really don't care what y'all say. And I'm not – I'm telling y'all, I'm going to be the realest Cowboy fan y'all ever – Meat, because facts are facts, and I'm pretty, I'm a straight shooter, that's just the coaching me, that's how my mama raised me, you know what I'm saying, so I'm not ignorant to how the Cowboys be acting, how they've been playing, what's going on, so miss me with all them tweets and all that type of stuff, because I ain't listening, shout out to the Cowboys, shout out Jerry Jones, man, I'm trying to come out there for a game, you know what I'm saying, so if you got something negative to say about my Cowboys, I ain't listening. We making moves right now. We building. We just better find enough money to pay everybody. Yeah, understand me? All right, man. Moving on to the NBA. It's a lot going on because this is the win or not to win. That is the question. Season. <laughs> um, because some teams are tanking some teams are playing really well right now and they don't know if they should win um some teams need to get some must wins to make these last stretches of the playoffs because playoffs is right around the corner it's coming sooner than we think and um you know it's just that awkward time i feel like people try to get in the draft draft is a lot going on so you're gonna have some new additions to your teams and changes like that but um, the Kings are playing really good. Some teams is playing really strong. So it's like, should I play strong and build for the summer and build for, you know, maybe summer league if you got young guys? Or um, should I tank rest guys and maybe get Zion? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But just maybe try to get a lottery pick. It's a lot of teams like that or get a better pick in the draft. 
Um, so it's kind of that awkward time. I'll be ready. I'll be so glad when it's over and finalized so we can get into playoffs and playoffs start. But March Madness is owning time right now, which I love. I love these kids getting an opportunity to shine and be in the spotlight. Um, and the NBA is just trying to figure things out as far as how the playoffs is going to work, who's going to be playing who, how do I need to rest my body and get ready because I need this long stretch. You know what I'm saying? I need this long stretch to come out and play well. So a lot of minds are getting ready for the playoffs. But as we talk about playoffs, you know, we got to talk about LeBron James and the Lakers. I hate (laughs) – I mean, I say I hate, but it's just like LeBron is such a magnet. Like, they're not making the playoffs. He's playing – he's playing – he's playing good. He's not playing great. I think he's playing good and solid right now. He got a lot of mentally going on, trying to take care of his body. I think he just twisted his ankle or something like that. So they're just trying to think about resting him and seeing what's going on. But they're in that, should we win, should we lose, should we play him still, or should we rest him? And he hasn't been in that position probably in in his entire career. He's probably taking taking moments. I remember when he placed – I think he was with Miami and they played San Antonio or something like that. And, like, all the players were sitting out, so they got mad because <laughs> people come to see him. But I think the Lakers should sit him down. Um, this is going to be 14 years. It's been 14 years since LeBron hasn't made the playoffs. And he's not making it this year, it's looking like. Um, which everybody's talking debate this week. Like, oh, is people not going to watch? Are people not going to be interested? Because LeBron James is not in the playoffs. I think it's factual that LeBron James is not the greatest player in the world anymore right now, and people are feeling different about that. But at the same time, it's very interesting to see how much attention and attraction that we got to generate around LeBron James and the losing Lakers. I mean, I think he should just stay in the East. But, again, making a decision about your kids, making a decision about their futures and what you want to do with them, and then your future after basketball. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. We just knew this was a losing season. This was a bunk. Um, and they're still talking about the head coach. Man, it was a lot of conversation. They're saying Kidd versus Lou. Jason Kidd may come and coach the Lakers. Um, Tyron Lou may coach the Lakers. They might do Mark. I mean, it's just all speculation because we know. Luke Walton's it out. Just facts. And so it was a lot of conversation about who should be the Lakers head coach. Y'all tell me who y'all think should be the Lakers head coach. Because I have no clue. I don't know who they really could get to fit that system. And I don't really want to see Tyron Lue, even though he's a Laker, even though he coached LeBron, champion, championship as a coach and a player. I don't know. Is that the most qualified coach? Is that the best coach for the situation, or is that just what LeBron wants? It'll be interesting to see how it folds out, but a lot of conversation, because a lot of names are being thrown out there. So there's a lot of conversation about who is going to be the head coach. Doc Rivers, we talked about it last week. He kind of shut that idea down. His team made the playoffs. They clinched the fifth seed, I think. So that was big time this week, too, in, in basketball. Lakers are out. Clippers are in. Um, that's a headline for you. Um... So it's just it's a lot of drama and hoopla around LeBron and what's happening with these sorry Lakers. But this is just growing pains. This is going to be motivation for him to come back. Every player has that moment. Jordan, Kobe, everybody has that moment where they have to change gears and shift mindsets. And, you know, that's all that's going to happen and move the pieces. And then the championships will eventually come. I do feel like his championship are bust. Um, if he's with the Lakers, he does need to get some championships. 
one or two. With his ability, I think he can do it. Um, but, again, Lakers and LeBron still making headlines. Not necessarily for anything successful, just historic sake. Um, there's a lot of conversation um, this week about championship predictions and all rookie, I mean, not all rookie, but rookie award debates and MVP debates. But on a high note, Chris Bosh and Mono Ginobili got their jerseys retired this week. I thought that was so cool. Like, of course, Bosh with Miami and making a name, also in the NCAA tournament, got drafted. Um, but Mono Ginobili, too, the inventor of the Eurostep, came out here, changed the game. Um, both of those guys are championship holders. Both of those guys are well-respected. So it's really good to see their organizations do something for them. And, you know, Manu has a very special story, really close to Pop, Bosch, and how he ended his season, like, or ended his career. It's just really good to see them do something good for them. And a lot of people spoke highly of both of them, both of those men. You know, outstanding people on the court and off the court is what we try to pay attention to. So it was really good to see those guys get their jerseys retired. With all the stuff, you know, people retiring this week and stuff changing, it's really good to spend time to just get appreciated. And those two guys definitely need appreciation. Um, On other little positive note, uh, Drogic and Dominic dueled off the Slovenians had a game, dueled off. Both of them played this this time, this matchup. I think Drogic was out last time. But, man, they had 2,000, if I'm saying this right, Slovenians. They're from Slavia, right? Slovenians, if I'm saying that right. Y'all can, y'all can get on me if I'm not. Um, but 2,000 fans came out to see these guys. Man, that's just – and that's why I said Mano Ginobili, that's big. Even though they're not from the same place, but just to see – the people that come from different countries to come in the NBA and do their thing and play successful and really have a fan base. This just showed you where the NBA is global, global, global popularity. And for them to do that, they even came out after the games and um, after the game and addressed the crowd and talked to them. That was just really, really special. You know, I know we do it in a small level for our cities when we come back. You know, when you get on and you come back and you can represent your city and give people love that look like you and come from your same area, there's so much motivation in that. And for them, those guys to handle that, I think they did it in Dallas. That was really good, man. Like, they're they're making history. And they ballers, man. They're ballers. Uh... Donick is, and I'm probably saying his name super wrong, <laughs> but the Ricky from Dallas, he's in um Ricky of the Year debate. It's him and Trey Young, so it's just really, really big. Um, I, even um another person, foreigner, not from this country, Joel and B. Man, he's doing his thing, like. Man, he had 39 the other night. Killing, man. Like, I I love the global players when they come out here and play because they have a story. Like, they have a story they're working for. They come from a totally different culture and aspect of, like, how we're raised and how we grow up and what we know as norm. So, when you see people with other stories doing successful things, it's really, really big. Really, really big. Um, also, this week, you know, somebody I feel like he, he needs highlight. Like, he's killing it this week. He had to be the player of the week. Um, Devin Booker, man, 59 against Memphis, and then last night he had 50 in losses. 
They're losing by like 17.5 points in both of those games. But the fact that he's putting up those type of numbers, I'm like, man, he he really getting in his back. He he's like I feel like right now he's where um excuse me, y'all, my my allergies. But um he's getting to that place where like I feel like Bill and um John Wall were maybe like a couple years ago where they were just like emerging and kind of getting their feet wet and getting better. Um that's usually what happens. He's a he's a Kentucky product, which a lot of Kentucky products are, you know, freshmen coming in. Young guys who got to get their groove back. They haven't developed it. And it's, it takes time. And he's doing his thing. Like, he's a baller. I was saying I maybe could see him with the Lakers. They talking about should he stay in Phoenix? Absolutely not. He needs to get out of there. He doesn't need to give him any more time. He needs to get out of that thing. Think about his back. Think about his longevity and what he wants to be known for. Do you want the championship or not? And that's what he needs to focus on. And he needs to get up out of there because Phoenix ain't doing nothing but lose. And that young fella is balling. I could even see him coming to the Kings, man. That would be him and Fox. Ooh, him and Fox could be crazy. Um, this week also they're talking about um they're talking about Giannis Harden. That's gonna be the MVP talk. Y'all already know that, right? Like all the MVP talk is about Giannis and about Harden. I guess everybody else is just out of there. It's not even between anybody else. And you could go tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat, literally all night long. Not like all night long, cause both of them are doing historic things, carrying their teams. I would be interested to see if like LeBron was still in the East, would Giannis be still getting this? But you know, I hate hypotheticals, so I shouldn't even put that out there. Um. But on the other hand, um, I feel like, whew, I don't know. I feel like the league in some way, like, they be um, wanting certain things, wanting certain predictions. Like, I feel like this year it's going to be probably Harden. But maybe Giannis. Giannis is getting, oh, so that sounds so contradictory. <laughs> like, it's going to be either one. But, um. Maybe Harden to get the back-to-back. Harden got it last year. Yeah, I think Harden might get it this year, and then I think the Warriors might 3P. I want to see history made. So I love when I get to um, see that part of it. Like, But then also the upsets are also fun. Like I like upsets, and I like that type of stuff too. So it's always up in the air, but I hate like these conversations. I really do. Like, I hate really having to talk about, like, who's going to be, who's more valuable. Because at the end of the day, like, somebody doesn't get acknowledged. It just be in the race. And somebody asked me the other day about the Warriors. And, like, oh, the Warriors are this. And they're going to, Clay's going to be leaving. And, man, like, the Warriors is a team to beat. They won the championship. And no disrespect to the East. It's just like I don't feel like the East has enough firepower to win a seven-game series against the Warriors or a competitor that comes from the West at this moment. Like, I don't remember the last East team that won a championship since the Cavaliers. It's been all West Coast, hasn't it? Or the Cavs. Um, For a minute, West is dominating. 
and they're very. Sh- I can't even remember the last. I mean, the Miami. But how long ago was that? It's pretty much been for at least the last ten years. It's been the Warriors, Cavs got one, and who else? San Antonio, Miami is in there in the last ten years. Like, I don't know. So, uh, it's very interesting. We'll see how everything starts to pan out. Do not forget that um, we got to watch basketball all weekend. Um, Tonight, tomorrow, I think there's some games on Sunday. And um, if y'all want to talk to me, reach out to me, hit me up about something, man. Go ahead and tap in. Goody Given Game, the podcast on Twitter, not the podcast, but on the podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WordPress, all of it, like whatever, Snapchat, whatever it is, YouTube, I'm on there, Goody Given Game. Follow me for updates and weekly highlights and stuff like that that I'm talking about during the week when I'm not on the podcast. If you want to become a sponsor of the podcast, just reach out. I'm definitely looking for sponsors. Um, I always start my show with a Dutch bro. Shout out to Dutch Brothers. Um, it's always fun. I'm always in my Nike hat. You know what it is, coaching. Coaching y'all up in the game. Hopefully this week I was able to give y'all a little game. If you did not watch sports at all, you could have listened to this podcast. Excuse the allergies because it's just allergy season out here and I'm... I sound very hoarse and, and trashy. Um, make sure y'all follow me again. Like I said, subscribe to all of it. Good Given Game. Y'all know I love y'all. Be smart, be beautiful, and be strong. And make sure y'all kill it ne- this week. Talk to y'all next week. Holla! Yeah, I know that I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. Yeah, I'm rare. 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 Like a two dollar bill.